0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV pilot's license flight number 31 with service to Oakland, California. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember that if you are planning to take a seat during our flight, may we suggest check it for anything that looks sticky? I swear it isn't what it sounds like. We're a classy podcast, I swear! Welcome to the TV Pilot's License. My name is Jeff Curvis joined by Max Singer and Rich Inman. How you boys doing today?
1: Yeah, gross. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, the, the flights have been uh, lacking in quality the last two weeks. We apologize. We are a budget airline.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're basically like a G-train with wings. Well, this week, boys, uh, we're taking it back to the 90s, specifically 1992, with, thank God it's what a Friday, year. although we're recording and you're going to listen to this on a Thursday, so what's Friday for you was really Monday for us, but let's go back to Hanging with <laughs> Mr. Cooper um, and I Broke Rich, uh, but... <laughs> Before we take too deep of a dive into this 90s classic, Max, do you mind telling the people what this podcast is all about? Absolutely.
1: So here at TV Pilots License, we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of television's most famous, or in some cases, infamous shows. We figure out how these shows came to be and learn about their creators, decide if they're effective pilots in making us want to watch more, and if we think they could be made today... Go back and listen to our older episodes wherever you get your podcasts from. And if it is your first time flying with us, then welcome aboard.
0: And Rich, what is your question of the week?
1: Yeah, I absolutely
2: am excited to talk about the transition from basketball playing to teaching. Uh, and I'd be curious to see what NBA player currently would you want to jump into the acting world right now That isn't LeBron and I think uh, KD also did some acting fairly recently
1: I mean plenty like of people Griffin. have uh, uh, Kyrie Irving is Uncle Drew That's right. Kevin Garnett had a great appearance in Uncut Gems yeah. uh, Anthony Edwards was in last year's Hustle Shaq uh, is adam sandler
2: <laughs> you know shack is kazam thank you very nope. much shack
1: shack's in every adam sandler movie he's a good burger shack works incredible oh,
2: jeff you just uh you just what is what is it called uh, uh i did the, the mandela
0: effect? effect you mandela affected me <laughs> um for, oh, God, what a great question. I will say I'm going to take the NBA player approach. And the person who I think acts the most on the court is probably Russell Westbrook. Uh, I would like to see Russell Westbrook in a physical <laughs> comedy of some sort um, to the... Every game is a physical comedy with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, Russell, if you're ending basketball, let's talk. Let's make a pilot together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I have to say, while I was listening to all these NBA players who are in movies, I've got a few more of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen John Wick 3 Parabellum, uh, oh, oh, yes. Boban, Boban Marinovich of Cheese it ad fame oh, is boy. one of the henchmen who dies early on. It's excellent. But I, you know, it's a trope we don't see enough in movies nowadays where... There's, like, a a mysterious old janitor or something who, like, teaches you sage advice. And I want to see a situation where, like, nugget center Nikola Jokic (laughs) is actually, like, a basketball savant who's, like, pushing a broom and a mop at a high school and then like has these amazing skills because obviously he's a he's a two-time reigning MVP but yeah let's get more of the Eastern Europeans out there I need to see Jokic I need to see Luka Doncic I I want all of the guys from Serbia and Slovenia getting (laughs) acting roles
2: yeah we all want a Serbian film that's what we're saying right (laughs) oh my god i'm glad glad, glad i caught you right while you were drinking water
1: uh we're Uh, gonna have a (laughs) we're gonna have a link to that one in the bio for today's episode
2: uh that's uh all these are terrific answers and um
1: and they're all wrong they're all wrong because the only
2: correct answer answer is Giannis. And I think Uh, he'd just be a fucking goofy guy to have in any comedy. I mean, look, LeBron and Blake Griffin all both kill it in comedies right now. Like, they're doing exceptionally well. They have very easily transitioned their acting careers. Um, I forgot the name of the movie with Amy Schumer and Bill Hader that LeBron did. Oh, Trainwreck. Trainwreck, yes. Uh, Absolutely hysterical. LeBron does a tremendous job acting in that one. We are not going to talk about the new Space Jam. But yeah, I think uh, if you want some, you want a goofy guy with uh, with a, a nice, great
1: attitude and a strong accent, go Giannis. Have you ever gone back and looked at Giannis's Twitter feed from when he first started playing with the Bucks those first couple seasons? Where he's just
2: trying out new regional foods and saying how much he loves America? Yes, it's just Giannis (laughs) talking
1: about how much he loved Oreos that he tried for the first time or like loving a smoothie and things like that. It's so pure. There's a
0: great video of Giannis describing how he got sick of Oreos because like, You know, he grew up as an immigrant in Greece, um, not being able to afford them. And then he got tired of them after his first contract. He just would only buy Oreos with his money. And then someone (laughs) introduced the idea of dipping Oreos in milk. And he said, "Now he ends every night with Oreos and milk." Yo. And, I mean it is just what the, a great spokesperson. What a guy. <laughs> um, well, Rich, what a great question to kick <laughs> things off. Submit uh, your answers on TV Pilots License on Instagram. But before we dive a little bit more into hanging with Mr. Cooper, uh, let's talk a little bit about a synopsis. Mark Cooper, a retired NBA player who returns to his hometown of Oakland to take a job as a substitute teacher and part-time gym coach. Um, that really, I feel like, doesn't do a great job of actually explaining today's pilot, but Max, I can't wait to hear more from you.
1: Yeah. So today we are talking about uh, the Hangin' with Mr. Cooper pilot titled The Presentation, which aired on ABC on September 22nd, 1992. And we're going to be talking about a writer-producer by the name of Jeff Franklin, uh, Franklin, he starts his career in the late 70s, originally working as a substitute teacher while pursuing a screenwriting career out in Hollywood. Uh, beginning at like the age of 24, he gets his first job working on Laverne and Shirley, as well as Bosom Buddies, both of these at ABC. He also writes a couple of teen comedy features that I could just tell by looking at have not aged well. Oh <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, one of them. is. So one of them is called Just One of the Guys, which appears to be about a, uh, a high school girl posing as a boy on the football team. Uh, the other mm. one is called Summer School, which has a dog wearing sunglasses and a lay on the poster for it. So I to assume Man. it has some jokes <laughs> that you can't say anymore. <laughs> uh, but he ends up going back to ABC and pitches this show idea to them called House of Comics which would be about three comedians living together. And he described it as guys causing trouble and turning it into material for their act. Uh, This is maybe the worst pitch for a show I've heard (laughs)
0: in some time. No, 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 Give them a chance. I
1: won't see. (laughs) In fairness, he was a writer and producer on Showtime's It's Gary Shandling show at this point. So I think he's just trying to write more things about stand up comics. ABC says they're looking to develop a cornerstone of family-friendly sitcom programming, though. So Franklin retools House of Comics and repitches it as Full House. Mm. Uh, so Full House is a smash. It becomes the cornerstone of the TGIF lineup. Thank God it's Friday over at ABC. Wait for explaining, you're welcome. <laughs> Acronyms,
0: Uh, (laughs) initialisms. (laughs) Well, no. Could you imagine if like every restaurant was actually named after like a television like thing? So we have like the (laughs) Chicago series, which is just all of NBC's random Chicago shows. All Uh, in the same. I'm
1: going. I'm going to UPN Fridays.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would though. Uh, So
1: Franklin actually leaves Full House entirely. Leaves it in the hands of the rest of his staff and he goes on to create an accompanying piece uh, for ABC with Mark Curry who is this up and coming Oakland area comic. He's one of the hosts at this point of Showtime at the Apollo and together that becomes Hangout Mr. Cooper. And that that's it. And oh, okay, I'll great. Just, <laughs> no. Oh, and, end, of, end of article. Got it. <laughs> Jeff and I were chatting about this a little bit beforehand. This this show is fascinating me because and we'll get into some legacy, but it it's a successful show by all measures. It hits the point where it could be syndicated. It has this like cultural touchstone about it, but it's very difficult to find anything really about it. It's a show that even despite its run and success, wasn't available on DVD and things for years and years and years. And so I'm just, I'm <coughs> curious what we think happens and we'll get into this. Where a show could have this real run, where it, it dominates pop culture for a stretch of time, but then just kind of becomes forgotten. Well,
2: okay. So both of you guys came up with this show when we we're like when we we're listing off of some like suggestions for what to do this week. I had never even heard of this show. This is not something I knew about at all. Obviously, from this era, I was watching a lot of like Fresh Prince, uh, like Sister Sister was huge, Martin was huge. Um, obviously Full House, uh, I'd never watched Family Ties, but we'll get into that show a little bit, uh, in a second. But, you know, this was not a thing on my radar whatsoever, and I'm not entirely positive why. And, yeah, I mean, let's get into it for sure, but, uh, is there a reason, like, where did you guys
0: connect with this show? How did you find the show? Yeah, that's a great question, Rich. Um, so, (laughs) I, I will say... As far as when it comes to things, God, God, it's Friday. Like, I think that for most of the our our aged millennials, um, Uh we're very familiar with things like Full House and like the old like Nick at Night shows, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air also Mm -hmm. comes to mind as well. And one that also like I was slightly familiar with was Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Um and it was a little bit of a different show, but I'm also familiar with this. For there was an actress that we did not see in this pilot, uh, but is this was one of her first things, and that is Raven Simone was a this was her like first big thing pre Cosby show, um, after Cosby show this was like and real- my
1: my connection to <laughs> Hangout Mr. Cooper is Jeff said, do you guys want to talk about hang with Mr. Cooper? And I saw those out basketball, and it's the weekend of the Final Four, so I yeah, said, okay. no, that, Yeah, no, that
0: also helps. No,
1: that totally
2: fits. I, I just, like, I, I'm, I'm shocked that you guys, like, found this particular show, because it was, like, a total, like, blank on my radar for for. Well, you
1: could either thank or curse Jeff. Let's get into it. Yeah, but also, <laughs> I,
0: I will just say, um, when talking about with friends, um, what shows we were going to do, uh, and one of my friends here in St. Paul... Uh, Derek and Kate asked what what's coming up, and I said, "Oh, hanging with Mr. Cooper," and they both got so excited, and then were so terrified that my wife had no idea what TGIF was. Uh, so, oh, wow. yeah, um, it was a all learning right, experience well. for all. But let's dive into it. Uh, This
1: one's for you, Derek and Kate in St. Paul, Minnesota.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's start off with, we've had a lot of interesting cold opens. Uh, We've had a lot of self-referential shows that talk about the network that they're on. We've never quite had something like this, where we're using the same exact set uh, from, I believe, Growing Pains, Mm -hmm. but... Alan Thick just appears RIP to the Living le- or to the former legend Living Legend and explains why we are seeing this set with an entirely new uh cast of characters on it and just what a what a wild thing I thought I was watching a commercial on HBO Max as someone who is
1: not really well versed in this super family oriented late 80s early 90s sitcom mm-hmm. lexicon seeing Alan <laughs> Thicke walk in and going honey I'm home and going to Mark Curry you're not honey I just thought this was our pilot I just thought this was the first seat of the show yeah. I had no idea what was going on
2: <laughs> yeah I, I, I also I mean it took it definitely took me a hot second and also like I don't think they needed to address that they were using the exact same set for this. It was like, you know, uh, obviously there's been some, like, pretty, like, very memorable and historical, like, uh, or historic, like, fourth wall breaks like this, like, especially in the moment where in Fresh Prince, I think there's like a, there's like a prologue of a episode in Fresh Prince where he's like, you uh, how how are we supposed to get money for another character? We can't even pay to fix the roof or something like that. And he points up towards the ceiling of the sound studio that they're they recording. Oh, so in. it's there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing there. It's all just lights and and like boom mics and stuff like that. And like absolutely freaking hilarious. This yeah, seems out, out maybe it was cool for ninety two. I I don't I, truly I mean don't know.
0: growing pains literally had ended in April of that year. Um, so it was still fresh in the minds of folks in the nineties after a very solid seven season run as a show. Um I I don't want to say, oh, it's the elephant in the room that it was replaced. But I do there is a small part of me that appreciates them being like, okay, this is a one time joke. We can bring in Alan Thick for like an hour, get this scene cut and done, and then dive into one of the most wild intros I have ever seen in my damn life. Of, um, you know, I used the I have used the word masturbatory uh, in this in this podcast before, and I don't think yeah, I've we're heard. Yeah, flagged for it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we haven't gotten those ad dollars. But yeah. this was the most like self righteous like. Song I have ever heard in front of a television show, and I just did not remember how like glorifying Mr. Cooper it was the entire damn time with like singers and everything and like. I'm not gonna say I hated it, but I definitely was a little bit uh thrown back by it as a whole. Getting
1: getting Ed Vogue to do this theme song along with its two stars, Holly Robinson and Don Lewis, is a flex though from abc it it definitely says like we're we're putting our chips into it we talk about like theme songs that feel like they fit the show they're a part of and like in 1982 to get ed vogue to do your theme for like a friday night family sitcom that's so big like i I, i'm trying to think like like debbie like who like what's the equivalent of that today like is there an artist that you can imagine doing the theme for a sitcom that would have (laughs) the same sort of cultural cachet
0: I mean, if we could get BTS to do our theme music, BTS... call me uh I, BTS, I def- the unvogue of 2023 I, I am definitely the jimin of our group uh what up Jimin stands uh but the, <laughs> um, Jeff has tried everything to get us to, uh, to trend on Twitter <laughs> yeah
1: yeah we, we got BTS Army over here and it's not our Jet Z host rich
0: I know <laughs> um, fan cams coming up but we we actually, after this intro with en Vogue, we get our introduction to the our first main three characters, our roommates, uh in this sense. We have uh Mark Cooper played by Mark Curry, uh, and we get introduced to his roommate Robin, uh, who is played by Don Lewis. Um, and it's one of those just like does a great job. So I watched this right after I watched Indiana basketball lose uh, in the NCAA tournament, and some you're already of in the, a great mood coming in. I'm I'm already feeling amazing, but hearing uh, Mark's commentary of like, "Don't take that shot," and then it goes in. I was like, "Oh, I feel really seen as a uh, as an IU basketball fan." Um, but it's this scene was just such a good job of setting the tone of, okay, meet Mark. Mark has no job. Uh, and they sort of down on his luck as a whole. But I really like the dynamic between Mark and Robin of just sort of working off of each other's styles and working off of each other's chemistry as well.
1: Mark's a schlub here. I mean, this <laughs> whole I'm, I'm sorry, like asking what he's been doing all day and he's just showing off the different positions he laid in on the couch. I mean, look, we, We've all been there, like, fellas, yeah, am I right? Like, we've Come all on. had these days. Come on. But it I, I don't know. I, I do agree, though. It's its fun to see, like, a, a friendship dynamic because I wasn't sure, like, we're in we're in a house. We haven't met these characters. I've already had one dis- like misdirection today. And I was kind of wondering early on, like, what the Robin-Mark dynamic was. And I was glad that it was – they're these standing friends. I'm glad they established that they've known each other since third grade And that it's just, like, these two are bread and butter. Like, you know, they go together, like, through, like, thick and thin. And there's just this long, long
0: history. So, like, you know it's going to be fun. Yeah, and I think they do such a good job of then putting a little bit of spice in that dynamic. Mm -hmm. With the character Mm -hmm. of Vanessa, uh, who comes in, obviously, the professional of the three of them. Uh, The person who is very career driven um, and comes in with the news of this um, this male suitor named William uh, is super interested in her. And she played she basically conned him uh, into going into onto a date with him, Uh, which I don't know if I'm a big fan of the concept of conning someone to ask you to go to dinner. Um, I don't know about you two gentlemen. Yeah, I look. I, I know that I have historically been the
2: resident hater on the show. Um, they gave Mark the really horrible dialogue here. It's like, I I just do not like. They kind of make him made him unlikable, and maybe that's different for how people are going to respond to it in the initial, like maybe in '92. But yeah, I mean his views are pretty misogynistic. He's kind of like. He's a bit of a schlub. I don't know if he's, like, kind of resting on his laurels after having a basketball career. I'm not entirely positive what his motivation is here.
0: I I found this show, like, Rich, I think I'm really happy you brought that up. Because sometimes I find it really, like, a fun game to play of what is the first scene that they filmed. Uh, And Mark Curry, being a stand-up comedian, right? Like, Max talked a little bit about Showtime at the Apollo as well, and, like, Mark Curry actually um, will talk about the legacy, but the, one of the reasons why he left this show was to go back to stand-up. Um, this gave me very much vibes of, like, everybody loves Raymond with, like, Ray Ramon, and sort of being like, oh, like, Ray Ramon can't really act, but he's being, like, held up by these power players. Like, there were some really great lines in this scene. Like, one that I do have, I have two written down. Uh, the fish stick is the hot dog of the sea, I cannot help but laugh at that. And then uh, he's got a butt that makes me wish I was his wallet. Hearing that was just like, it was, <laughs> was, it was such was It was such a good line uh, by Holly Robinson-Pete, uh, who plays Vanessa. And it just like, I really enjoyed the idea of just having, rather than Mark Curry just have to be the star and say everything funny, and yes, this might have not been his strongest scene, having these two women that are just doing a great job of setting a dynamic of the difference of friendship between Vanessa and Robin versus Mark and Robin.
1: Two things that I think Mark Curry does do very well though, is that he, he reacts off of things very, very well. Like he's really good with like the quick retorts. Like when um, he finally gets uh, Robin reveals what class he's teaching and he exclaims, I'm coaching science. Like the, the pattern of that is really fun and then Mark also just uses his physicality really well. He is 6'6 in real life. And so when he's doing things like repositioning himself on the couch and all those ways of using his body, that's fun physical comedy. Later on when you see things like, you know, him dancing or like getting up and down from chairs, like he uses his size as a tool in his actor's tool belt. And that's what makes him fun to watch when he's, playing the protagonist when he's kind of leading and driving a conversation, it leaves a lot to be desired, the whole like how men talk versus women talk conversation yeah, that was in the kitchen.
0: That, that gave the ick.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's he's not the guy that needs to be leading that conversation because it doesn't feel like there's any nuance. It just feels like really strong the way he comes off with it. It's all the time. But he yeah, is a exactly. very good that is, physical performer, and I think that's what makes this character fun.
0: And we sort of are given that ability to appreciate Mark Curry and like give him something to work with in that next scene. The first day at school, uh, being the substitute science teacher. Um, I really enjoyed this scene for the most part because I thought it was really... It, there wasn't too much structure to it right uh you gave a lot of different people responsibility in driving the scene forward but like you had some fun moments right of uh, seeing i feel like watching someone who i do we don't know much about mr cooper but we know that or uh, coop as the students call him right uh, but we know like hey he definitely gives off the vibe of someone who used to be very popular in high school and wants to be seen as cool by young students. And like you have the dancing scene, you have uh, him trying to like let them listen to music as well. Like, and that dancing like moment at first, like it just gives him this opportunity to shine as like, yeah, he's a physical comedian Um, and he needs to be given those opportunities and maybe lines aren't that opportunity as a whole.
1: What the hell is this classroom orientation, though? There's, like, four desks in here. They're, like, in a J-shape. Like, I know it's multicam, and you have to, like, set up your cameras in a certain way, but I don't know. I was kind of envious of this classroom size. <laughs> it's like,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this this classroom size, uh, public education system, take some notes, please. Yeah. The days before No Child Left Behind are uh, truly significantly better. <laughs> but um, the also, I do have in my notes max i'm glad you brought that up because i was like this definitely isn't montessori learning but i think it's something close to that uh what up well it's it's free
1: spirited this their oh, one yeah. kid has the boom box just chilling on their desk the entire time something that bugged me early on in this scene though and it's like a joke that doesn't quite land for me is when the kids go nuts and all start throwing paper at mark it felt like there was, like, a second AD offstage. I was, like, giving them a mark of when to start chucking paper. It didn't feel natural. It felt very, like, hard cut the way it happened. I, I, I don't know what you guys thought.
0: Yeah, there were, there were definitely things that were, like, slightly off and some things that were definitely better, right? Like, this was, um, I think we can all be honest, this was not the best pilot that we have watched, um, especially in the sitcom variety... Um, Rich you brought us news radio and i think that is a very hard one to follow up. It does feature
1: the longest dance sequence to Motown Philly by Boys to Men though which we do need to give credit to.
2: Yeah. I fair enough. That's that's credit. quite that's quite the record to take home with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did, are they putting that next to all their Emmy trophies?
0: Oh, i, I have a <laughs> i have some bad news Rich. Um <laughs> but i i think that there was like there, from the dance scene we do get the clever segue principal uh Rivas uh wa- rivas walks into the room and uh mark does the job of translating dance into science and uh the idea of rain dancing the rain dance. which i was you know that that gave me a slight giggle <laughs> uh but like literally in my notes i say the physical comedy of mark curry in this scene is actually pretty impressive and like We get that amazing bit of the, like, we talked a little bit about in our cold open, um, the glue on the seat, which, like, yes, I think it is a played out thing by now. But, like, in 1992, that is hysterical. Uh, You cannot get me wrong. Like, you cannot tell me it's anything else. I really enjoy just seeing someone having to play out that concept and then... Seeing that actually transition into the next scene with a nice heart patch on uh, Mark Curry's ass. And again,
1: because he is 6'6", every single time he like makes his way across the floor and then sits back down and his knees are super high up on his chest. like That's funny. Being 6'6 is funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that carried out through every, that still hit as hard every single episode for the entirety of the series.
0: Oh my right, God, rich. Right, you're such a right? hater. Hey,
2: I'm so sorry, but guy tall is not funny enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let uh, Will Will Ferrell's made like an entire career off of it. I don't think he's that tall, is he? Yeah,
0: Will Ferrell's 6'5", I think. Wow.
1: Yeah. Right. No. Why so... do you think all dramatic actors
0: are 5'8"? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, he because uh, most did, of them are. Did Will Ferrell Timothy Chalamet Sheld- three 3'6" th- 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 Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, well. Let's go to our next scene. Uh, we're back at the house with the roommates. Uh, and we are met with Robin exercising more vigorously than I think I ever have with a rubber band in my life. Yeah. Um, so I have a, I actually have a game of the week for everyone oh. here. Uh, so we learned that Robin paid $59.99 uh, for her rubber band-esque thing. Uh, in 1992. now my question for you gentlemen is how much would that rubber band cost in 2023 uh I'm gonna say thirty four hundred dollars
1: <laughs> <laughs> Max I mean she, she paid like What? Like, it's gonna like a hundred bucks for a rubber band right
0: it was hundred twenty nine dollars for the rubber band that I I'll just say it I was impressed. She was making it work uh, and good for Robin as a whole. I I don't know how you exercise. We learned that she exercises two hours a day. Um, I hope it is not just with that rubber band because it will wear out snap her in the face and she will lose an eye <laughs> Prop um, comedy yeah <laughs> she, Prop she comedy. wanted in she wanted in on the physical comedy uh these these
2: exercise implements definitely like took me back like i remember definitely having like the resistance bands the thigh master at home like ev- literally everything that you would see i don't think jane fonda is responsible for all these but she's not not to
0: blame but well, she's not off the hook. I, I, we don't even need to go back to 1992. This took me back to like 2012 with Insanity and P90X. And I was like, yeah, yeah baby. we were, there, there is Tony Horton, always the a pod. point in these, Tony Horton, please come on the pod. We will do, we will do American Gladiators, Tony Horton. Let's go. Um, but I, this scene was really one that I thought did a great job of sort of there wasn't really a main conflict in this pilot. Um, it was the conflict was Mark Curry is or Mark Kerr's character, Miss Mark Cooper, is trying to figure out what employment looks like. But a secondary one is the idea of Mark is super into Vanessa, and she's about to go out on this date, um, and we get like the comments about oh Vanessa. Robin's jealous of how Vanessa looks. There is a comment about her boobs. Uh, Vanessa says, nothing is hanging. It is all suspended in midair, uh, which is very concerning uh, as a whole. But then we meet William. Um, and William reminds me of every single banker I have ever met in my life. Uh, and I think I'm on Mark's side in that William's a bit of a blowhard boy um i mean first of all
2: okay the response that we get is once again mark curry saying damn really loud which is like extremely i don't know it's just (laughs) it's just kind of hacky you know how like a lot of shows right now um if they have black protagonists they'll make fun of uh of like the auditioning process where you have to say damn or like uh my mama didn't raise me like that. And she, like other fucking hacky ass <laughs> lines from shows like this. And it's like kind of embarrassing. And I, you know, obviously it, maybe it wasn't like that hacky back then, but boy, is it hard to
1: watch in 2023? Uh, I mean, come on. The guy who gave us, you got it, dude on full house is the one who was writing this pilot. Like there's, <laughs> there's some cause for concern. Oh
0: God. <laughs> um, but we, there's a couple more lines Right? We have um, Vanessa comparing uh, Mark and William by saying, um, he's a stock broker, you're a couch potato. Do I go out with the stud or the spud? Um, which, yes, I I enjoyed. Like that's one of the interesting interesting things, right? Like some of the lines that were written for the female characters on this show were genuinely really clever. Lines and then Mark Curry's lines are the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, did Mark Curry write his own jokes? I have to think the answer is yes. The entire I, also need, time. To give a, I need to give
1: a quick WTF to just men in general here. Yeah. Um, every everything it's that about William time. says when he intros himself is is so obnoxious. Like I know the idea is that you're supposed to be odd Mark Cooper's side. He's your protagonist, but like William sucks. This guy <laughs> just, he gives this blow hearted, blow it out your ass poetic intro. They have to be quick. Cause his Porsche is double part. And you know, Mark kind of mimics him the entire time, but it's such a one dimensional character that it wasn't even like they set up a rivalry between Mark and this guy. He's just a punching bag for Mark. And I I almost, even though he's just like a one scene character, I kind of wish they gave a little more to William to set up like a rivalry or some intrigue instead of just this is the lamest dude on the face of the earth.
0: I will just say, William did give a great piece of advice. For those of you that are in the 1% that are listening to this podcast, one, congratulations on your inherited wealth, most likely. But two, uh, if you can afford to go to Europe, purchase an automobile, and then invest that 6% that you saved into a stock portfolio great idea great investment and you get an automobile what a fun time uh but max i have to agree a hundred percent this guy is a dick like there's nothing interesting about him as a whole and like that's a shame because it could have been like hey this is william there's like a little bit of something interesting about him other than he's a handsome guy who is worth obviously a lot of money and can only talk about business
1: I thought it was interesting, though, that from here, we immediately cut to the date aftermath and we're still in the house. It's really weird. They cut from inside the house to inside the house. Yeah,
0: you almost expect like an exterior shot of them changing it from like day to night or some like just something to do the passage of time rather than like I genuinely before Vanessa started talking was just like oh, she didn't even go on the date. Like, hell yeah. Like, I'd rather have an ice cream sundae too than go out with William.
2: Yeah, I... I, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You got it, Rich. You know we're really diving deep into some extremely unsophisticated uh, situations and scenarios and everything. William sucks. Like, I'm I'm glad, you know, I'm glad Vanessa could really get her...
0: uh, um, I don't know it can really feel dinner. like dinner <laughs> yeah yeah get her dinner and, and sophisticated uh, <laughs> conversation as she said
2: sophisticated conversation and also like <laughs>
0: Rich is struggling
2: for words yeah this is a tough one I <laughs> did we really just pick this show because of basketball like is that the whole thing like you know there's, it, it, there's, there's like, a, it's, a, it's a good amount of it
1: yeah yeah <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I don't know. It's just like everything about this is like so misogynistic, and uh and just the way that Mark treats Vanessa in general—that she's basically a sexual object as a roommate—already an extremely toxic environment. No one wants that, especially no woman wants that. But like uh you know, constantly just kind of like belittling the women that he's around to is a little bit too much, and I don't know. It, I. Maybe I'm just watching this too much with 2023 goggles and I need to try to dive back into what, you know, brick wall stand-up comedy used to be in the early 90s. And this is like a product of the stand-up boom the same way that Raymond was. Um, yeah, uh, what, what do you got, Max?
1: Well, obviously, like, you know, comedy evolves and changes and, you know, joke structure is what we find funny changes objectively. But, you know, this is even still... uh you know, close to a generation removed from like a threes company. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of viewed today as being this like pinnacle of misogyny group roommate comedy. And this is still, you know, ten plus years after that. So I, I think as we progress, it's easy to to think that. I do have to give a shout out to one fun. I guess two fun moments here. I do like the line of we connected on a spiritual plane and Mark retorting plane must've landed early since eight yeah, 30. That, like, was that is a pretty sharp comeback. And something they do in all of these scenes as well, where it's like the three roommates, it's like Mark being a putz. And then when Mark leaves Vanessa and Robin is like the actual roommate bond. They get to have like their, their girl moment there, which is always kind of like the button on the scene. And I appreciate in all of these that the button is on Robin and Vanessa. The button isn't on something dumb or, like, misogynistic that Mark says. It's like, let's get it back to, like, the fun friend dynamic here. Like, bust on Mark a little bit.
0: Yeah, it, I think they do a great job. Like, as I said, the first scene sort of establishes, and Mark, uh, Max, you said it, it establishes the idea that the true roommates, like, The true like people who chose to live with each other and then happened to have to find a third person was Vanessa and Robin. Um and they are probably the two people that I'm much more interested in seeing more than like thirty seconds alone together on a scene on the screen, because like after Mark leaves, um we get Robin asking Vanessa, so how was it? And she said there was sophisticated conversation and he was so boring, right? We get like this admittance of Mark was right. Um I did actually like how when they were talking about like the Sundays, right? And the chocolate sauce representing the lack of sex, um, and then Mark saying, I need extra chocolate sauce on my Sunday. Like this was some... of
1: course he did. Yeah. Cause of course he did. But
0: like also the idea that this was like, thank God it's Friday was supposed to be for the entire family. Right. And you're having this very forward line, um, which, Hey, ABC, good for you. Uh, Let's be a little bit sex positive. Um, In 1992, we can only ask for so much rich.
2: Um, No, I know. I feel like this is like an extremely network washed version of sex positivity in the way that like kind of the love boat was and stuff like that. And it's just like, I don't know. It's cookies for basic acknowledgements hold, of sex. Hold
1: on. Let's let's not set the bar at making a sex joke as sex positivity. Like, <laughs> it's,
2: it's just like acknowledging it exists, which I have to imagine is just like kind of not super common among uh, sitcoms that they just try out. Like they're just not gonna uh, all three of them are single. Yeah. All, th- all three. Yeah. I would single. assume they are all single. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it I think just the acknowledgement and support of each of them having dates or whatever, or each of them ha- talking about sex in general is kind of like a little bit progressive, but
0: I'm just, I'm really, tr- I'm really grasping. I'm really grasping to give them some,
2: <laughs> well, some trophies Rich, here. Rich, let,
0: let me give you something because prior to our post credit scene, we have one final scene in the school and I. Rich, I would like to hear from you your thoughts on Mark Cooper assaulting a child by gluing him to a chair. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not say assault. (laughs) A delightful prank was played.
2: Um, Yeah, I thought that was... uh, I I could see it coming a mile away. Um, But, yeah. uh, If any of them... I feel horrible for substitute teachers as a whole here. This is, like, not uh, – if, if this is what classrooms are like, I'm so sorry. You deserve better. Uh, find a better school. Maybe find a, a school of better discipline or something like that. But, um, yeah, the kids really had the reign of, uh, of this entire school, including the principal just not kind of giving a shit. It's just – it's all about going to check in on the new substitute teacher who – shouldn't have been teaching. He's not qualified to be a substitute teacher.
0: That's never addressed in this entire thing. Well, like in a world where Abbott and Elementary like shows us how shitty some schools can be and like how the kids are adorable. Oh yeah, the kids are great in that. But like this did sort of remind me of the idea that sometimes just schools are underfunded and shitty and the principal is just there to get a paycheck. Um, When it
1: comes to substitute teachers, Mark Cooper is no
0: Peggy Hill. (laughs) (laughs) But this is that scene where we sort of see Mark become an adult. And I'm using very metaphorical quotes around that um, because he tries to gain control of the classroom by making an example of Irvin of saying like, hey, skipping class is going to lead to nothing um right you need an education i needed an education because i flamed out of being in the mba um scalping bell biv devoe tickets is no way to go through school hey i want to listen to poison for a hundred dollars oh was that what bbd was yeah oh okay (laughs) yeah i would definitely spend a hundred dollars to go see bbd um wait 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 max what did you think bbd was
1: i need to know I I don't know. I thought it was like a radio concert or something. I don't
0: know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this scene is not our last scene. Um, this show really enjoyed being meta, uh, and making fun of itself and making fun of the idea that you might not know who Mark Curry is. Um, so we have this end of episode, Mark Curry literally staring into the camera, uh, not slightly off, not like to the right or to the left or up or down. He is, down the barrel, he's staring you in the <laughs> eye and he's yeah. like, by the way, my name is Mark. We have the production house and then it ends with Curry and that is our pilot. Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, why, Rich, did it's they, over. why did it's, they end it's this over. with like the comedy version of the Kubrick stare? What is going on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so wait, Rich, that wasn't. As we transition into things we love. That wasn't something that you loved?
2: I mean, I love any (laughs) I love a fourth wall break.
0: I think it's friggin' hilarious. I I
2: really I I think some people think it's hacky. I just like I just very much enjoy it. And if you're like really not expecting it, off the bat,
0: love it. All right. Were there any other things that we loved about this pilot? I'm gonna let you two take this one. (laughs) (laughs) Max
1: uh, well, I, I guess I, I will say I I appreciate that the show is in touch with, like, with its generation. It feels like a show that is aiming for a specific audience. And it's just using the guiding force of a more experienced writer and showrunner to get that outreach. Um, you know, Rich, you listed all of these shows in this generation that you remember watching. And it's funny. It's like, you just, you just didn't land on the one from ABC. And so it's like, this is them trying to, I feel like compete with the other shows you mentioned. And they're like, we're going to just do it young. And we're going to, you know, put a, like a cool lead in here, you know, this hot young standup. And we're just going to go for this like goofy, fast and loose style of play.
0: And for myself, I've been talking about it a little bit, but like the thing I loved, I I don't need Mr. Cooper. I just want Vanessa and Robin yeah. the entire show. I think that they're, <laughs> they really shined um, on this show as a whole. And like the writing for them was, that's where I saw and recognized the writing of like something like full house, right? Like with some of the quippy lines that they had there were smart and, not needing full physical comedy or a child to make it funny. Um, but I think we'll probably have a few of these, but any wait a minute moments or is the disc just a perfect pilot? It's perfect. I, I, <laughs> know. Just,
1: I just have, I don't know. I have an issue with a teacher, a uh, 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 upholder of knowledge in this institution. Let's not, like, <laughs> let's not go crazy. Okay. But, like, I know it's a sitcom, but like in real life, like he would get in so much trouble for doing that to a kid. Also, it's like the audience was a little too into the hooting and hollering every single time Vanessa entered in one of those like tight dresses. Like they were a little too excited to hoot and or holler.
2: Those were those are the canned responses, though. There's uh, um, it's just like kind of sexy moment. And it's all, just, ooh, you know, it could be anything from like two high schoolers kissing to like, uh, wearing clothes, I guess, in this particular <laughs> instance, wearing clothes. Ooh. Um,
0: yeah. And for me, really, as far as wait a minute moments, I think that, yeah, I, I have a lot of questions about someone assaulting a child. Um, and I, I. fun harmless prank. Think- yeah, uh, no that that <laughs> child. De- there was definitely property damage. That kid lost his pants a hundred percent. That that that's at least fifty dollars worth of lost pants. In the um, state of New York, some crimes are, <laughs> dis- are described as particularly heinous, <laughs> such as loss of pants. So this week. um We're going to still do Daddy of the Week, but I am going to give my Daddy of the Week to the first female Daddy of the Week, and my Daddy of the Week is Robin. Um, Robin, I thought, was just committed, knows multiple instruments. They advertise six different instruments, works out two hours a day, holds a steady job as a teacher. So, Robin, you are my Daddy of the Week. Congratulations. Uh, Rich, Max,
2: i'm going vanessa for my daddy of the week yeah uh vanessa's going out she's having fun on on dates with uh with successful people she's manipulating men into dates uh which is uh a terrific thing to do in today's modern dating landscape
1: go out there and trick somebody and max what about you i feel like we've been getting diminishing return on investment with this game the past few <laughs> weeks i'm gonna go with al <laughs> i'm
0: going with alan thick <laughs> We're going with a thick daddy. Oh, no, I can't believe I forgot about Alan Thick. hundred percent. Alan Thick might oh. be the daddy of the week, but Robin, you're a close second in my heart. Um, oh, Robin Thick? No, no, we do not talk about Robin. Thicke. Easy now. Easy it's, now. Robin Thick is dead to us all before Alan oh Thick died. Um, oh boy. and you cannot convince me that he's on the mass singer. That is a ghost. Um, So, No, no, no.
1: There's someone in the ghost,
0: Jeff. (laughs) Oh, shit. So we do have an in-flight question this week. Surprise. Um, What second career would you like to see a former professional basketball player pursue other than being a substitute teacher?
1: Uh, President of the United States, we need someone taller than Lincoln to get it back down to earth a little. Oh, my God. rich what about you
2: oh man uh i mean i'm a huge fan of shack as a just an insane capitalist i just love someone <laughs> i i just love someone who is just throwing their name around for fucking anything <laughs> uh, door, doorbells to insurance to uh, to icy hot anything anything you want i want someone to just dive in and and
1: just be a spokesperson for absolutely everything I think behind the scenes, too, he owns like an insane amount of like Outback Steakhouse franchise, yeah, I want to say. I,
0: I think there's a lot of restaurants that Shaq owns, but <laughs> I will also say he is a DJ. So, you know what, Shaq? Yeah. You keep doing you, bud. Excited, you're doing great. excited for his
2: NBA center to Mr. Burns pivot.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to also be a DJ on the side when you do that much real work, too. Yeah,
0: yeah that's true. Um, what I will say is, I think submarine mechanic uh because great. just watching someone fit in a submarine who's that tall you would be great mr bean type follies yes <laughs> i want kevin james to be jack bauer and i want uh shack to be a submarine mechanic Sue me. Um, Well, thank you for that in-flight question. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about how you can submit those at the end of this episode, but let's talk about the legacy of this show. Um, Five seasons and 101 episodes. Um, All of the seasons were on ABC. Uh, There was something interesting, though, that happened. It started off as, thank God it's Friday. Uh, but then it moved to Saturday for its final season, uh, and it fell. Oh, in- kiss of death. <laughs> yeah, it fell into the situation of them showing two episodes in a row. Uh, they moved it from a fall TV show into a summer TV show. Um, so they were really... Yeah, no, how how, could, how did we not hear about this show? Wh- when Mark Curry said he was done, so was ABC. Um, another sign that there was something going on behind the scenes is the show actually had three different showrunners uh, oh. over the course That's of... That's not that unheard of, though. That's not that
2: unheard of. Like, for five that, seasons? Yeah, I mean, people will sometimes give it like... Because it's a crazy job. You're It's like being CEO of a TV show. Like, you have to... It is like you're managing an awful lot, especially if you don't particularly vibe with like the the content of the show. I guess like you know, yeah, you get you get two years and you get out, and I I understand that. I I don't think nothing about from this pilot says, yeah, I'm sticking around for for four more years. We're we're we're
0: going the distance, baby. Well, here's the thing. This is why I'm sort of surprised by that because the first season, this show had an average of 14.6 million viewers per episode which put it at number 16 in 1992 um any guesses on which show it tied with for that year Ooh, this is go- the second time i'm going to make this joke Uh, in this podcast history, but in West Philadelphia, born and raised, uh, uh, the French Prince of Bel Air was tied at 16th with hanging with Mr. Cooper. Um, the show was syndicated a few different times as recently as up to 2015. This show was being syndicated on some sort of network. uh, But you can currently find it on HBO Max. Uh, Prior to that, it was on Hulu up until this year. Uh, Only three seasons of the show are available on DVD. Um, As Max said, this is actually part of Warner Brothers' Warner Archive Collection Initiative. So maybe those final two seasons will appear at some point in time. Um, According to my research... This show was nominated for seven different awards, but it's actually the only show that we have done that's been nominated for a award that does not include a Golden Globe or an Emmy. Uh, But it did win two of those awards. Um, But that. What are they? Nothing you have really heard about or would uh, care about. Uh, unfortunately, but <laughs> N double. But what I will say is, like, it did get a lot of nom- nominations from the NAACP. It did not win any of those nominations. Uh, the ASAP ASCAP also. Uh, but like, nothing that I was just like, wow, uh, what a successful show. Um, <laughs> with that, with that being said, that is the legacy of the show. As I said, sort of earlier. Reason, one of the main reasons the show ended is it did still have really solid ratings in season four. Season five, even though they put it in like production hell, uh, had great ratings too. But Mark Curry just really wanted to get back into being a stand-up comedian. Uh, because being on network TV for five years is pretty grueling. Um, and I sort of understand that. But with that being said, Rich... If your game of the week is just a rant, I understand. But what is your game of the week?
2: No rant. No rant. I, I'm, I'm done being a hater um, for the moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to play a little game of uh, name that NBA player. And I think this would be a fun one, especially for you guys who are super into the... Uh, remind me of the name of the game where it's like they give you some stats and stuff like that. You try to name the total.
1: Or something like that. Sure. Oh, oh, oh! The like the Wordle version with NBA players. Yeah. Oh, it, I haven't played that yet. But oh, wait, I'm really Rich, excited. can I can I lead in your basketball game of the week? Yeah. Y'all ready for this?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: All right, I am going to give you guys some uh, some hints about this particular player's uh, own personal backstory, and then some. Stats about her his NBA career and some info about uh, his acting career. And I wanted you to see if you could name who this is.
0: Uh, buzzing in, it's Ray Allen is Jesus Shuttlesworth. Okay, <laughs> thank you. That would be so upsetting if you got it right now. <laughs> uh,
1: is, it, is it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at Airplane?
0: <laughs> so
2: this person was born on the day that Apollo 11 returned to Earth in Toronto, Canada. He played 13 seasons in the NBA, uh, a three-time NBA champion. Uh, He has voiced a character on The Fairly Oddparents. He has guested on Ballers, Blackish, and Shameless. He got his first big role on HBO's Oz, and he owns an eSports team. He's one of the first traditional athletes to buy into eSports. Who do you think it is? Oh,
0: fuck. Um... Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. No, this is really upsetting to me. Um, uh, Max, I don't know if this this helps at all, or
2: if it narrows a debt. Max, do you have an answer?
0: Uh, I'm going to buzz
2: in. Please. (laughs) Uh, Is it Charles Barkley? It is not Charles Barkley. Uh, He uh, another clue is that he uh, is also in the seminal basketball movie Blue Chips. Oh, is it Penny Hardaway? It is not Penny Hardaway. It is uh, Sir Rick Fox.
0: I almost guessed Rick Fox. I literally was like, Rick Fox is in fucking everything. Yeah, truly. I am
2: so upset. He um, he actually has yeah uh, the voicing a character on the fairly odd parents thing was surprising to me. I also did not know he was in Oz. He he had like 11
0: episodes in Oz. Yeah, like no, he had, he's he like he's character. Rick Fox is like a fairly talented actor. So like, hey, Rick Fox. If shout I said party out. down, still, it would have been too easy for you guys.
1: Was he still playing when he was on Oz cuz I feel yes, like he, he was. was on those like yeah, early he was. 2000s Lakers takes. He, he was.
0: Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, hey, Rick Fox. Keep um, on keeping on on. Yeah. <laughs> Capitalist, uh, as well as actor. Hell yeah. Basketball <laughs> players are capable of anything. If we established number one pro TV podcast. No, no, no. Except for no, you, no, no, no. William.
1: Except for you, William. We don't like William.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as our plane starts to come to a land, um, I'd like to ask you two boys a question. Boy, I wonder what that question is and how I would answer it. Uh, um do you think this show could be made today and would you continue watching this version of the show rich let's rip off this band-aid what are your thoughts no stop it (laughs) bad 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 show oh no i'm gonna have to edit that um (laughs) max what about you (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> we'll I, I'll, I'll finish. I'll,
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, go, 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 go.
1: <laughs> I'll give a few more words. Uh, do I think it can be made today? No, but, but, but I, I, I wanna, I wanna say that they don't make these don't make shows like this anymore. I wonder like why. Very uh, no, it's uh, like jo- like jokes from this pilot aside. This type of like. Family-driven, like sitcom that I, I don't know. The, these are the kind of shows that just What's the family feel part? there's no family involved yet. No, no, no. But rich, you, you, you know what I mean. Like the, the shows like this, the shows like Full House, um, you know, Boy Meets World, these yeah. shows that aired in prime time but are so clearly geared towards younger skewing audiences. I feel like they've been relegated to things like. Freeform or the occasional Netflix thing maybe even the more mature Disney Channel type of show these types of sitcoms do not get onto prime time network lineups anymore so for all the jokes aside it's just sort of like a bygone era of sitcom would I keep watching it I, I thought it was, you know, an amusing thing to to do for this, but I also just, I don't like those types of shows. I'm not a Full House fan, and I'm willing to fight you over it. It's just like, these shows don't do it for me, and so I'm going to respectfully just go listen to Motown Philly somewhere else.
0: <laughs> All right, um, my turn. <laughs> so, <laughs> me I... I think a version of this show could be made today. No,
1: this version, Jeff. I'm getting you with your words. This version. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I don't think this version of this show could be made today, but I think a version of this show could be made today. Um, I don't know if you two have watched the 90s show, uh, which is on Netflix right now. You mean that 90s show? That 90s show. The 90s show. Whatever. Um,
1: We did the 90s show for the podcast Yeah, no,
0: but that 90s show um, debuted on Netflix a couple of months ago, and I finally watched an episode of it, and very much, I could see a version of this being done sort of the same thing of the Fuller House of, let's update it a little bit and try to bring that family comedy back of something we can watch with everyone streaming. Now... Would I watch it? No. Um, would Jeff and you know, 1998 when I was like a young kid watching Nick at Night and stuff like that watch it? Probably. Um, but as far as this episode or this show, there's one episode that I want to watch um, that's not this. And that's Michelle Tanner shows up in the next episode. Spoiler alert. Uh, so If you want to watch one episode of this show, don't watch the pilot. Watch episode two uh, with Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen in it. Um, But I will say that is three no's from this crew. I also would love
2: to be wrong about where this show goes. Like, maybe it's just a weak pilot. We're covering shows with weak pilots. Like, it's kind of just like, it's one of the reasons that we started this podcast in the first place. It's like, some of the shows that are beloved have shitty pilots. And it's it's why, yeah. Um, we will
0: eventually do shows like The Office and Parks and Rec. Yeah. And I will be genuinely surprised if we said just based off of the pilot, we would want to continue watching those shows. But for this one, we will be saying it's a no from us. <laughs> um, uh, I And I don't know. Insert Mark Curry sound effect. With that being said, uh, as our plane has come to a land, where can we find you two gentlemen?
1: Uh, you can find me just absolutely posterizing the haters, Duncan, all over my enemies and on all things social media <laughs> at Maxwell Singh. You can find the original sketch comedy for myself and Rich over on TikTok at Dadwagon Comedy. Uh, you can find me
2: watching literally anything else from the 90s uh, on <laughs> Dan That's Rich on Instagram.
0: Um, and you can find me with everything just. Hanging all in mid-air. Uh, you can find me on social media. Yeah. at Run Jeff Run. Yeah. Uh, at Run Jeff Run on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the TV Pilots License on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at TV Pilots License. If you have a question about the show or for our next episode, you can email us at TV Pilots License at gmail.com or give us a call at 213-290-1713. Make sure to watch out for our instagram for a sneak preview of some of our upcoming episodes and with the plane landing and the seatbelt sign off we look forward to flying the bright skies of the tv world with you again soon and until then you'll watch some basketball <laughs> yeehaw yep i'm including the yeehaw please